0: Today is Pentecost Sunday, uh, the day of promise, uh, a day of visitation, a day, the day, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early disciples. And today, in the year 2022, we need him just as much. We are in desperate need of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit I could not be more blessed by the time this morning. I felt his presence. I was a snotty mess up here. Uh, That probably wasn't a nice way to put it, but it was true. It's honest. Uh, God is moving among us. Uh, Get in on it, and I hope that the Lord will help us today. But we need, as a church and as a community, uh, as a nation in the world, we need a fresh pouring out of the Holy Spirit we need latter rains. And I take a lot of comfort out of these passages uh, here in John uh, chapter 7 and verse 37. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom he or whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet, the spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. If anyone thirsts, Jesus fully understands our greatest need. We're thirsty. We're thirsty. Our souls are parched from the effects of sin We've chugged down everything we can get our hands on and we're still bone dry. We've intoxicated ourselves with power and privilege and pleasure and self-reliance and self-pity and putting other people down so that we can feel good about ourselves and yet we are still dying as a culture of thirst. And the only thing, the only one who can satisfy our thirst, is Jesus. If anyone thirsts, Jesus said, if anyone, there's no limitation on that, anyone, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Let him put his trust and faith and belief in me. And out of his heart, Jesus said, out of his heart, Will flow rivers of living water. When we drink what Jesus offers, when we drink Him, His Spirit, we not only get our needs met, but the needs of others get met. It's not just our thirst that gets quenched, we become a spigot for others fountain of living water. Out of us, something gushing that actually changed us. There's always more. There's always more to come in and then go out and, and there's never a limited supply. It's always available. I'm intrigued by the theme of water throughout scripture. You find it everywhere from cover to cover. Like when the children of Israel were mad with Moses, you're like, which time? <laughs> uh, yeah. They're, they're pretty cranky people. Uh, and they're mad with Moses. He's led them out of Egypt, out of slavery. And they're mad with him because they get out there and they're thirsty. And they're like, what, did you just leave us out here to die? And they're thinking Egypt, where they'd come from, their bondage, their slavery was better than where they were in the middle of God's will. They're mad at him. And God tells Moses to take his rod and strike a rock. And water comes gushing out of this rock. I don't know. I would love to see that. Water comes gushing out of that rock. And the Bible says, and it watered the whole of the people and their livestock. There's always enough. And then the 23rd Psalm, David tells us that God is like a good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And he leads us beside still waters, and he restores our soul. And then later David writes this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for my God, for the living God. Isaiah said to the people in a prophetic tone, come, everyone who thirsts, Come to the water. And Joel said, there is a fountain that shall come forth from the household of the Lord. Zechariah said, on that day, living waters shall flow from Jerusalem. There's a lot of water in the Bible. I think Ezekiel had the most profound water experience. I had a water experience one time when I was a kid. I was not able to swim and I fell in the water. And my dad had to come rescue me. It caused a fear of water. And I had, by the help of some great instructors, to get over that fear. Ezekiel had a water experience. I don't think it made him afraid. I think it made him want more. Ezekiel 47.1 says this. And then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced east. And the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. And then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. And going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits. Cubits, excuse me, cubits. <laughs> Not cupids, 1,000 cubits, which is about 1,500 feet. That's about 500 yards. That's the length of five football fields, not soccer fields, uh, football fields. That's for all of our internationals here today. And they're end-to-end, end, 500 yards. And he measured out 1,000 cubits and then led me through the water, and it was ankle-deep. And again, he measured out another 1,000, another 500 yards. And led me through the water, and it was knee deep. And again, he measured a 1,000 and led me through the water, and it was waist deep. And again, he measured a 1,000. And it was a river. It was a river that had started with a trickle just a small little stream coming out from under the threshold, and now it's a river that I could not pass through. For the water had risen, it was so deep, it was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. The water flowing out from the temple of God increased in flow. As it flowed, as the further it went, as the further it got out, the more it became until the point that you couldn't cross it. All you could do is jump in and swim. I thought of Ezekiel's vision when on Friday, Peter Emmett, our own Peter Emmett, shared an amazing message, as did Esteban on Thursday. That guy on Saturday, I don't know about but those two guys knocked it out of the park and Peter was helping us. He was helping us by seeing that we are called not only to receive the demonstration of God's love and power, but we are called to demonstrate his love and power. And it's not something he said that we have to do in our own strength. It's not something that we can work harder at doing. And he used this illustration. He said, it's, it's like getting in a swimming pool. When you get in a swimming pool, you're going to get wet. That's kind of the point. And he said, and when you get out of the pool, you are soaked, you are drenched, and everything and everyone you get close to is going to get wet. I thought about Ezekiel's vision, and I thought about how wet we need to be how wet we need to be, how much we need to get into that water that when we get out, we're drenched and we're soaked and everybody that comes around gets a little bit wet or a lot wet. I love these pictures of Ezekiel and and Pete. The water promised to us not only quenches our thirst, it produces life, it restores our soul and it drenches us in his spirit It takes us from a place of being in control and being able to manage to a place that all we can do is go with it. It's a force we can't pass through. It's not something we can manipulate. The only thing for us to do is get in and swim along. And you better not try to swim against because that's gonna exhaust you. Just go with the flow. The only thing we can do is get wet And believe that others around us will get wet too. But the water analogy in scripture is not always positive. There are some things that speak of water that are on the negative side. Like in Psalm 69, the psalmist said, David said, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. And I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. And I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me I'm weary with my crying out and my throat is parched and my eyes grow dim with waiting for my God this sounds very much like what many are going through today it sounds very much like what many of us have experienced at experience it at one point or time in our lives water up to the neck threatened by its rising no foothold Only floodwaters sweeping over us, weary from crying, dim eyes on waiting for the Lord. And what's interesting to me is that his throat is parched in the midst of this, and yet he's drowning in water. And I thought to myself, that's exactly what sin does. It's exactly what trouble and anguish do because of sin. You start drowning in the very thing that can't quench your thirst. You're drowning in the stuff that you so desperately want to drink, but it never satisfies. Then I thought about the description that Jeremiah speaks about, an even more serious indictment of God's people in Jeremiah 2.13 when he says, for my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God calls out his people for two evils. They've forsaken the fountain of living waters and tried to create for themselves broken pots that won't hold water. All these verses make me realize make me realize that we have either a water problem or we have a water solution. We're either in trouble in over our heads with the water sweeping over us or we're in the midst of the stream of his water going with the spirit wherever he takes us. We're either neck deep in troubled waters or we are engulfed in the flow of his spirit. where. It's no longer enough just to stick our toes in it or wade up to our waist in it, but we are now needing to get into it and go with it. We're either being swept away by floodwaters or we're being carried away by the current of God, the river of God, the move of God. The way I see it, we're in over our heads either way. Which one are you going to pick? Going back to what Jesus said in John chapter 7, if anyone thirsts, he said, anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. All this water talk, it's about the Holy Spirit who... On the day of Pentecost, the day that we recognize today, that spirit, the Holy Spirit, was poured out on them in spectacular flood-like fashion. They couldn't control it. There was no just dipping your toe in. It engulfed them. We're talking about such mighty, rushing waters that there was nothing else to do but just jump in and hope you could keep up swim along with the flow he had engulfed them he had poured into them the source of living water and out of their innermost being their innermost being came rivers of living water causing praise to ascend to the father they spoke in new tongues they were blown away Jesus had not fully warned them These are Galileans for the most part. They are not educated men, but they are now speaking in tongues that, by the way, all those who had gathered for the festival of Pentecost were now hearing in their own language the words and the praises of God and thinking, what has happened here? They must be drunk. New tongues. When I was seven years old, the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit. My parents had experienced it in 1971, and I had been around all that God was doing there, and there were some crazy things. Nobody can control that. People tried to. God's in charge. People tried to wade into it. You just got to get in and swim. And I'd been all around that, and the Holy Spirit's meeting them every time. I mean, it didn't matter. They could pray for a a stop sign and he'd get saved. And you'd start seeing dogs parked speaking in tongues. I mean, everybody they prayed for was either delivered, healed, saved, or filled with the Spirit. Some of you live through that. Let it happen again, Lord. We need your Spirit. And I remember as a boy watching and wanting so desperately to worship God. And so I'd go to my room after being in their meeting and I'd start speaking in tongues. I don't know if I was mimicking or not. I don't know. Does it matter? I just know that when they prayed for me, I felt such an energy inside of me that language came out of me that was not my own. Now, here's the crazy thing. I was telling Esteban and Andrea this this morning. I had two phrases that I typically used quite a lot, and I knew them. You know, if you have a prayer language, you know those things. And one of them was a sante sana, I'd never been to Kenya, but decades later, when I got to go, I learned that meant thank you from my heart. As a child, an eight, nine, 10-year-old child, I'm praying in a language I don't understand. I just know that God is being edified and glorified in my midst, and he's building me up, and I'm saying, asante sana, asante sana. And then, when I'm in my 50s, I go and meet my friends, and they said, do you know what that means? that means thank you very much. I was blown away, I'm teaching in a class, and I said, you know, I had two phrases. Another one was, Yemini and Doha Now I don't know if I say it exactly like they do, but another student said, that's also Swahili. He said, that means the strong arm of the Lord is there for you, he's securing you, he is there as your protector. And I thought, are you kidding me, Lord? You've given me two phrases that I have said repeatedly for 40 or 50 years, and they all along have been said in Swahili for centuries. When God does something, why do we have to explain it? Just get in the river and go. The Spirit of God had engulfed them. He had poured into them the source of the living water. And out of their innermost being was flowing something they had never heard before. But God was being praised. And worship was ascending. And people were being drawn into the kingdom. How must we be saved? Wouldn't that be great if people were asking us that today? What must we do to be saved? It was so amazing that where they were meeting could not contain it. They burst out into the streets. The move of the Spirit was never meant to be limited to where we meet. We keep thinking, God, show up where we are. And he keeps saying, come where I am and I'll show up. And he's out there as much as he is in here. I want him to be in here. But if we think we can contain him, we are short-sighted. God never meant for it to be contained in a building. In fact, the Holy Spirit cannot be contained. And if we're going to remain in him, we're going to have to get it in our heads that it's time to get soaking wet. Sounds like a song. (laughs) Drenched in the spirit. Dripping to the point that everything and everyone that gets around us gets a little wet. That's why the early disciples were there, and that's what they did. They didn't safely wade into the move of the Spirit. I'll take this portion. I'll take that gift. I don't want that much. Let's just do ankle deep spirit, God, okay? No, they went full force, all in, and the Lord used them mightily. They were swept away and out where the people were praising God with great joy, with new tongues. And, and here's what happened. Something visible happened. It was like, they were like fire, tongues of fire. I don't even know what that is. I can just imagine we didn't have, they didn't have any computer graphics back then. No, no animation from Rocky. No, no visual effects from Scott Sweeney. It was all the Holy Spirit resting on each of them like this, this amazing tongue of fire. And you're seeing it and you're hearing it and you're thinking, this is new. The visible manifestation. They had heard about Moses seeing a burning bush and now each of them were a burning bush the Holy Spirit resting in and on them. And they had all of a sudden seen that living water that was gushing out of them had ignited into flame. It's water that burns. And it can't be extinguished. What the world around us is facing today, all the brokenness and strife where floodwaters are raging and they can't get a foothold and they're sinking in the mire of violence and hatred and idolatry and death, they need a drink of Jesus and his spirit. We need to stop creating for ourselves as his people cisterns that hold water because they just don't work. They're broken and they're cracked. And what we need is the spirit of God to infuse us with power and out of our innermost being will come rivers of living water. Stop trying to hold the water, just dive in and enjoy the water. We need to push out from our ankle-deep Christian circles and our safe little Uh, places of security and we need to get into the deep waters of the spirit where we incarnate his life and where the power of God comes upon us and we demonstrate his power and love and where we can then proclaim with full assurance the truth of God that he is the king and it's time for you to come into his kingdom we need to drink the Holy Spirit until rivers of living water come gushing out of us out of our innermost being, where we can't contain it. And where not only our thirst gets quenched, but we become a spigot for everyone else around us. Just saddle up here, boys, I got something for you to drink. How are you today? How are you doing? How's your life working out for you? Are you neck deep in troubled waters? Are you stuck in miry clay? Are you engulfed in the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you been building cisterns that break, that are cracked? Are you living in the stream that becomes a river, that comes from the throne of God? A river of living water in the midst of it, and it comes gushing out of you. Have you been sticking your toes in, dabbling around the edges, staying in the safe water? It's time to dive in. It's time to say Him, I want it all. Fill me, overflowing, brim, all, mess me up. I don't care anymore. I want and hunger for you, earnestly desire. The Bible says, he who hungers and thirst, they will be satisfied. It's time to get soaked. It's time to be drenched so that everyone and everything around us gets wet. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come in thy power and thy glory. Come in thy own special way. Amen. My wife is going to come. Someone introduced her as a co-pastor this week, and she didn't like that. She's not a co-pastor. She's just my wife. But she does hear the Lord, and we always love to minister together, and God uses that. So she's going to share what the Lord's put on her heart, and then we're going to gather at the table and ask the Lord to send a spirit. Go ahead, babe. The
1: Holy Spirit is the guarantee. It's how God puts eternity in our hearts so that we can live in this life the supernatural life of the Lord. Hmm. When Grace was uh, prophesying this morning about the fact that it's not our effort, it's being in his presence that transforms us, that's true for us. That's true for every person that we touch. Hmm. They don't need our advice. They don't even need us to model anything for them. They need to encounter the Lord who transforms us And them. So I want to read just a couple of scriptures. Um, These are about the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 1, it says that Christ has anointed us. He has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as an earnest or a guarantee. And then in 2 Corinthians, it says that He wants what is mortal to be swallowed up by life. And he has prepared us for this very purpose. And to prepare us for this purpose, he has given us the Holy Spirit as a pledge, a guarantee, and earnest. That passage in John um, that uh, that Chris was reading earlier about the fountains of life coming out of us, I found two translations um, that really delighted me. Um, One of them I had never heard of, the Passion Translation, but it says, when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. I'd never heard it referred to as specifically as the Holy Spirit. And then finally in the message, anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever, for the water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. Praise God, praise God. We are not limited by our experience, by our understanding, even by our current level of maturity. And so we don't have to be frightened by seeing need out in the world, by seeing other people's suffering and hurting and lostness. Mm. God rushes to that. That's right. That's he he is not He is not concerned. And if you're concerned, if you're overwhelmed, if you're seeing the hard things in the world and feeling fearful or hopeless, mm. you just need the Holy Spirit. Yes. You need the Holy Spirit's limitlessness That's right. Limitless. to come and flood you yeah. so that you have hope, faith, and love to give.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray, and then our teams are going to come and gather, and we'll ask you to come and receive communion. We're going to pray over the elements as we do, but also pray that the Spirit will come and rest on us now. Would you join us? Go ahead. No, I'll pray for the bread. and wine. You go ahead and just pray.
1: Father, we are so full of of awareness of you, of your bigness, of the enormity of what you've promised, yes, Lord. what you've purchased, yes, God. what you've sent for us, and we do want to receive it, Lord we throw open our arms and lay down what's in them so that we can receive the fullness of you. So we can receive this amazing fountain of life in us hmm. that is always enough. That's enough for us for today and enough to give away Yes. again and again and again without end. Thank you, Father, for pouring into us so we can be poured out. And in the pouring out, that we would fellowship Christ in his sufferings and experience the power of his resurrection. It doesn't ever get old. It is never diminished. Mm -hmm. You are enough for us. And we want to give that good news of the kingdom everywhere we go. Yes, Lord.
0: Lord, we thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit. It is for us also. I pray that your spirit would be poured out upon us as a people, upon your people. And it would flood out of the church, yes. out into the streets. And people would be asking us, what must I do to be saved? Yes. Lord, use us. We are weak without you. We're leaky vessels at best. We need more and more and more of you. So fill us, we pray. I pray even this morning, if there are people here today that need a touch and an infilling of the spirit of God, that you will quench their thirst. He who hungers and thirst will be satisfied. Come, Holy Spirit. As we gather at your table, Lord, which enables us to be a part of all of these promises, we remember you as instructed to do so. We take the bread and know that it is your body that was alive, that was given for us, that was laid down for us. And now we receive your life that we might incarnate the life of Christ wherever we go. And we receive the cup of the new covenant, which is the blood of Jesus for the remission of our sins To make us whole we receive lord and we remember and we declare your death until he comes we thank you lord in jesus name i'm gonna ask those that are serving communion to come and put at their stations they'll be in four places as you come you'll gather in small groups Uh, if you're here as a single person or don't know anyone Uh, someone's going to probably look for you and say, hey, come with us. We're a spiritual family. If you are in Christ Jesus, this table, you're welcome. You're welcome at this table. This is not our table as a church. This is his table that he has prepared for you. And so you come and gather here. They will pray for you. And if you're in need of further ministry, If the Lord has touched you and moved upon you today, in each of the corners here, there will be elders that will stand with you and pray. And if that's not enough, we'll get others. We'll get as many as it takes to pray for all those that wanna be prayed for today. So you come and gather at the table and receive what he has in Jesus' name.